Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. Just because I'm bigger guys, and sometimes that's going to happen, you know, so we got to do a little bit more with the guards to help them at times as well. But, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, he just, he just, um, I mean, he's a powerful, athletic guy that, you know, Hopefully we don't get in there where we're throwing the ball 40, 49 times, you know. He's a, he's a guy. He's a, he's a powerful, powerful Who's he talking about? Guy. Bradbury? Garrett Bradbury. Garrett Bradbury. Yeah. So we're, we're, still, we're still sitting here with a, with a first-round pick center from a few years ago who's in his prime. And we're talking about, oh, he's just, you know, he's, he's going to be dealing with some bigger guys and he's going to need, he's going to need some guard help. Like, we're, we're, we're yep. doing that with a first-round pick. And you're, you're talking about a left guard who's new to left guard and a right guard who's new to guard, period, because he's a tackle. But he's going to help out the first-round pick. Like, think about who, that. Who, yeah, second. who's the most senior player now, among the three of them. Now, right? yeah. if we're talking about, let's, let's, you know, let's expand this out just a little bit. If we're talking about Joe Thune, right, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Veteran, guard, highly paid, he can help. Steve Hutchinson, come on down. He can help. So why, why don't you help out the young center here, hey. John Sullivan. Hey, Oli. Ezra, can you help out Garrett? Dakota, Holy. come on back <laughs> over here for Dakota, a second. Dakota's on the practice squad. Don't don't say that. That could happen. Oli and Ezra would be a great football podcast. It like does. offensive line breakdowns like with Yacht Oli Rock band and, too. Oli and, Oli and Ezra. Ezra. Yeah. Football. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, England Dan and John Ford Coley for those who really partake in Yacht Rock lifestyle. This is Mackie and Judd. Speaking of Yacht Rock lifestyle, uh, loafers and no socks lifestyle approved here. Mackie and Judd, executive producer Declan Goff. And uh, this is daily Minnesota sports entertainment. We just want titles. That's all we want. And we, we want our teams to uh, strive for more. And part of that process is holding people accountable in a segment on Tuesdays we call Who Gets It and Who Doesn't. Let's start with Declan Goff. All right. Opening statement of Who Gets It, Who Doesn't. Derek Carr gets it. And Kirk Cousins does not. That is my opening statement. Derek Carr gets wow, it. Wow, a double, Kirk a double whammy does in here. Dude. Not get it. Now, okay. both these quarterbacks, I think, do belong in the same tier. If, if we're if doing quarterback tier rankings, it's probably very likely they're both in that same tier. Maybe one slightly above the other, but in general, if you're ranking quarterbacks top 32 in the league, you'd probably see Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr right behind one another. But there is a different demeanor about each of them. When you watch Derek Carr, especially last night in the Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens, the way he carries himself, the way he talks about his teammates, that is not Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr is a clutch gene to him. 25 game-winning drives in the NFL since 2014, most in the NFL. That's not Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr making $21 million against the cap, significantly less than Kirk Cousins, allows you to build out your roster a little bit. Also, he's under contract for one more year, and if you wanted to, if you wanted to, you could get out of that contract without handicapping yourself to a quarterback who is only in Tier 2 or 3 of of the quarterback tiers. So in my opinion, Derek Carr gets it. Kirk Cousins does not. And even when you watch the way he talks about his teammates like he did with Lisa Salters on ESPN last night, again, I just don't see how these two are the same guys. I'm like, not like this. You know what I mean? Like, I can't lose a game like this. We did too many good things to get us in that position to win it. But the thing that I love the most, everyone to talk crap about our defense for stepped up when we needed it the most and got us the ball back so we could win it again. Did you think you were going to get the ball back? 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100
percent thought we were going to get the ball back. Absolutely. I have all the confidence in the world in them, and it's never wavered. Take me through the touchdown pass to Day Jones. It wasn't to, to, to Waller. No. Uh, it wasn't no. to Rods. It wasn't to Edwards. It was to, to Zay Jones. That's right. Beautiful thing about that is there was an audible that Coach told me, hey, if, during the week, if we ever get this look, get ready for this play. And Zay Jones was in. Zay Jones, since he got to our team, every time I ask someone to throw, he's there at 6 a.m. Every time. He's never missed one. So to see him come up with a game winner like that, every t- last two times we've been Monday night, he has two touchdowns. I hope everyone in the world roots for Zay Jones because he works harder than anybody on our team. You like that? I mean, you like that? that is not number eight for Minnesota. That is a completely different dude. Derek Carr gets it. Kirk Cousins does not. So it's it's funny you brought this up, Dex, um, and a and wonderful job laying it out and stating your case. Let's see what the American public thinks, because pro football talk, Mike Florio put this poll out. I think it was around like the halfway point of that game last night, Monday Night Football. Who would you rather have on your team, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr? Have you guys looked at the results of this or no? I have I not. saw it early on. No. Okay. What I'm would not. you guess after 30,000 votes? What would you guess America says? Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr, and what percentage? I'm going to guess America says Kirk Cousins, although there's probably some recency mm. bias involved. Yeah. And I'm going to say it's very, very close, like uh, 53%, 52%. So you're saying 53% Cousins, Declan? Yeah. I would say probably like probably like f- even 56 Carr, 40, you know, Boy, was that be 40, 43 Kirk Cousins? My math? Yeah, my you've, math you've pretty much nailed it. 56.5% say okay. Derek Carr is the quarterback they'd rather have. So I've had sort of an epiphany here, too. And, you know, I'm just going to – I'll piggyback off Declan with my own who gets it and who doesn't, all right? Who doesn't get it? People who now still put Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford on the same tier as Kirk Cousins. And I've been guilty of this too, where, yeah, once you get past like the top eight or nine quarterbacks and the, once you get past like Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, like, then you get to a chunk where there's like 12 guys all in a hat Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. So, for one, now that Matthew Stafford is with a legitimate guru offensively and has weapons and is just away from, he goes from a dumpster fire organization up and down. They can't figure out who's coaching year after year. Um, They whiff on draft picks. He's with a real organization. You saw that thing come to fruition in week one. Probably a little too early to crown Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford, leadership, late game comebacks, everything, all of those things above Kirk. Dak Prescott's one of the most physically talented quarterbacks in the league. to this point, it hasn't helped the Cowboys do anything on a team level because their defense is so bad. But Derek Carr, people put Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins handcuffed together usually in quarterback rankings, right? If one's 12, the other's 13. If one's 15, the other is 16. Well, two things. Declan brought up one of them. Derek Carr has 25 game-winning drives in the last six years as a starting quarterback. He, he had seven in 2016, by the way, but he has 25 game-winning drives. Kirk Cousins has, like, I want to say 15 in his career and only three with the Vikings. So Cousins only has three of those things with the Vikings. Um, probably could have had another one if Dalvin Cook, uh, if that call gets called the right way. But the other thing, too, is there is the Athletic has a statistical uh, department, and they have something we talked about a couple weeks ago called expected points, team-based, quarterback-based. Basically, how are you helping your team drive the scoring of points, right? In the final four minutes of halves, Derek Carr is number one ahead of Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson the last six years. Hmm. Kirk Cousins is all the way down. He's a negative value player inside four minutes, according to this metric, right next to Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz. And so by almost any measurement, Derek Carr rises up in key moments, crisis moments. Oh, it's Derek Carr. You can't put Derek Carr. No, watch Derek Carr play. Like, he's not the most physically gifted dude, but there's something about him late in games that rises up. Clearly, his teammates gravitate toward him. And uh, I just think, like, if anyone's still putting him in the same category as Kirk, he's a level up from Kirk. So... 
Stafford yeah. and Pre- Stafford and Prescott are are I, I think solidly in a discussion of the top ten. Uh, Kirk is not, and and among the national pollsters, Kirk has been falling. I mean, we we defended him like a month ago because I think he was eighteen in one poll, which to us was which you know I'd say he's twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Um, but I would never have put like Stafford and Prescott, I discuss as being top 10 guys. Kirk is not. I think part of the problem with Derek Carr, because those stats are are enlightening, um, is the fact that John Gruden has never truly really embraced him. And so there's this perception that he's not that good because his coach, who's an offensive guy, doesn't love him. And it feels like since Gruden got there, and, and they've not been tied together for quite some time, but it feels like every year it's going to be the end, right? Like, okay, Gruden's going to go get his quarterback and his quarterback now, and no, it's going to be next year. Um, so I think that builds up a bias against Carr because you think, well, if John Gruden doesn't like him, he, he's just basically a stopgap guy, but he's been a stopgap guy for a long time now if yeah. that's what he is. And he's been um, he's been good, but those stats, to me, uh, I would have never guessed 25. Not, it's nuts, in a, man. not in a million years. Like, I would have said he and Kirk are probably – close car probably has more but not by a lot but that stat is not even remotely in the same area well and real quick yeah, just seven of that yeah seven of them came in one season in 2016 when he actually they went 12 and 4 and he tore his acl in week 17 so mm-hmm. a, a bulk of them did come in one season but still mm-hmm. but here's another so uh sorry kirk has four with the vikings kirk has four game winning drives with the vikings in three plus years over that same stretch Derek Carr, let's see here, 154. Um, Derek Carr has, oh my God, is this real? Um, 12? I believe Derek Carr has 12 in the same stretch yeah. as Cousins has I would never have guessed four. that. Mm. And of course, like, people are going to say, well, but like, how many times did Cousins lead the Vikings to a touchdown that took the lead early in the fourth and then the defense blew it? That's called football. Yeah, dude. The right. game doesn't stop with 10 well, minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's called football. When the other team knows you have to pass inside four minutes, what happens? The Vikings offense derails. The Raiders offense peaks statistically. And look at last night. Like, that game looked lost at least three times, I think. I mean, Derek Carr had that ball bounce off. I believe it was a Ravens defender's helmet get picked off, and you're like, they are dead. And they came back. And and by the way, do either of you guys think that what turned out to be the overtime winning touchdown pass that Kirk would have thrown that pass because that was a really awkward. He like Carr threw it on one leg. It didn't look good, but that was the type of improv. That was a moment where you say, okay, this dude doesn't need everything to be perfect to throw a pass. Um, and Kirk just doesn't like to, to do that. Right think, or wrong, Kirk's not, Kirk's not comfortable, I don't think, throwing the pass that Derek Carr threw to win the game. I actually think the, the first pass that we thought was the game winner that turned out to then <laughs> you know, eventually become an interception a few plays later, sure. that was another one where it's like, God, that's, that was pretty tight coverage. It was one-on-one. And the Mannings, who I'm sure we'll get to here and who gets it, who doesn't, the Mannings called that play with Russell Wilson on the live oh, uh, complimentary broadcast, which... Maybe that's a segue to Judd Zolgad. Yeah, I was going to say, who gets it? ESPN last night. <laughs> um, we have a clip here, by the way, if you want it. Basically revolutionized <laughs> how football games should be telecast. Go ahead and play the clip. Can three jet church. Blue 20, blue 20. Easy, easy. Can, 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 can. What's the can mean? You just <laughs> canned it right there. Those are two plays I just caught. I cannot this- Helmet doesn't fit. Shocking, shocking that a helmet speed. doesn't fit you. Helmets. They didn't have a double XL okay. helmet to okay. fit that forehead. All right. He called two <laughs> plays in the huddle, right? The first. Okay. <laughs> Dude, it was so good. Okay, now, oh number one, God. that's hilarious. Um, this is a, a work in progress. I believe that they're going to do, do this between Peyton, Eli, and their guests for about 10 games on Monday nights on ESPN2, simulcast during the actual game. Great plug. But, wow, look at that, dude. But it's a great plug. Okay. I think it's 10 games. But anyway. And on the ESPN app, which you can download. ESPN ESPN app. Plus. Absolutely. 50-plus bundle. Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is what I have been begging for forever. Um, it's a work in progress. It's not perfect yet, but it's such a good idea. And hearing, hearing Peyton and Eli – Talk about the game and game theory and strategy. And and the guests, it was a little bit 
dicey. For first half, they brought in Barkley, who I absolutely love, but they got way off point, and, like, they're talking about golf and stuff during the game, and I'm like, I'd, I'd like to hear th- these guys talk about the game. But the second half was phenomenal, and when yeah. Russell Wilson joined, an active player, and beca- and here's the thing. Russell Wilson joins, he is becomes instantly the most critical he's questioning what the Raiders are doing he's questioning (laughs) and that forced Peyton and Eli to up their game and last thing Eli is great because he knows his role like Peyton does not shut up it's it's actually good though so like he's telling you stuff but he is the older brother he's going to be in charge and Eli doesn't fight it he just lets him go and then he'll like cut in with a smart ass comment or a commentary but anyway this is where broadcasting sports is going, and I am in love. This is as excited as I've been on the day after a game because of a broadcast in forever. Me too. They they freaking nailed this, and it's it's so much better than if Peyton were just in the booth in the traditional, like the Tony Romo role. Tony Romo's great, and he's and I think he's he's bringing a new energy and insight to that type of a role, and he's a modern player, recently retired, but. It wouldn't be the same if it was just, oh, it's Peyton and, you know, Steve Levy or whatever in the Monday night football booth. Like those guys in their element. And you brought it up with Russell Wilson. He stayed on for like an hour. He was supposed to be. He's like, I got I got so much film to watch. I guess I'll just stay up late. And they're they're in there. They're calling the plays. They're giving you the insight into, you know, what the defensive looks are. And then what I loved was the clock management stuff. Russell Wilson. So seven Mm -hmm. seconds left. The Raiders Mm -hmm. spiked that ball. Or was it the? Yeah, the Raiders spiked yes. the ball, right? Yes. And, and you know, it's like, okay, you're watching from your couch. You're like, you probably you don't have any timeouts left, so you don't want to get too risky. But you probably do have time for a quick out, depending on how much you trust your quarterback, right? And that's a situation where Russell Wilson or Peyton Manning would signal to the sidelines, no, we're running one more. Give me one more. Yep. And Wilson's like, this is a mistake. If they, This is like a 55-yard field goal. You, you could have gotten seven more yards. And that type of candor doesn't happen usually on traditional broadcasts. Do you guys feel bad at all for Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and Booger? You know what? Poor guys. They're they're victims of the climate where we're going. No, I don't. Because this is what I've been... How long, Phil, have we talked about this? Now, I I was th- thinking more of a booth uh, for, for this as opposed to, like, studio couches. But how long have we as sports fans pined for, I can watch the game. Like, I can see what's going on. You don't have to say Latavius Murray for three yards to the right side, and now it's second and seven. And that's what I loved. And when when Wilson got on, that's what I want. I want somebody, I want football people who who know more than I do to tell me, because I can learn that. Like, Mm -hmm. Daryl Moose Johnston, what did he tell you on Sunday where you're like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Oh, oh, uh, very interesting. Uh, the football. Vikings receivers are covered. Apparently Cincinnati is the toughest place to play in the world, according to Daryl Moose Johnson, because yeah, that's what it sounded really like. Is. But I mean, that, but, I mean how Sounds useless. Like 17 jetliners. Yeah. <laughs> how, use, how useless is that? Like, this was yeah. great. And as a sports fan, this is what I want for all my sports. I want people who have recently played and love the game and know a ton about it. Educate me. One of the best anecdotes, so they had Ray Lewis on for a little while, Yep. and uh, Peyton goes, I want to hear the story about how Ray Lewis uh, like corrected your protections in your rookie season. So e- Eli was a rookie in like 2005 or six or whatever year it was, and you, know, you walk up to the line of scrimmage, and the quarterback and the center have to sort of combine to point out, okay, who's the mic so that we know where the center of our, def- of our offensive protection strategy lies, right? Yep. And Eli points over and says, you know, Whatever, like 58's the mic, and Ray Lewis leans over. He's like, no, 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 I'm the mic on this play. And like, oh, yeah, Eli's like, oh, yeah, Ray's right. Sorry, uh, 52's the mic. (laughs) You know, anecdotes like that are hilarious. And and Eli is sneaky funny. Yep. Like, that dude is, like, the one-liners and stuff. He slithers in, though. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he slithers in and zings zings Peyton. And Peyton's like, ah, E, that was a good one. It, It was just, it just works. It's genius. I, I will never watch the actual broadcast again if those two are doing their thing. This is what I want. So, Dex, before you make another negative comment about Peyton Manning, you're very sure. anti-Peyton Manning. Sure. I urge you to watch. Give it 30 minutes. Okay. 30 minutes. And then are they doing it again next Monday? I don't know yet. 
I've got I think they are. I think schedule. they are. Granted, I, I hope so. I can I can find means to do it, but I, I do not have cable. So th- this is this is a potential issue for me to get to get the ESPN two. I can f- probably figure out how to get the ESPN two with with some little little, little elves and birdies. But uh, we'll but, float you a log in or something. Yeah, yeah. We just know. want you to watch. Birdies. Thirty no. <laughs> elves Let me and know. birdies. Illegal. Uh, what you're doing? Damn it. Uh, who gets it? Who doesn't? We'll go back to Declan here in a second. But hey, PXG gets it. They've been making some of the best golf clubs here. They are one of the hottest golf brands on the market. And PXG Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise. You might think, well, it's you know, Labor Day has passed, you know, the end of the golf season. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the real diehards, fall golf is where it's at. So uh, still plenty of time left to get out there. Check out some of these Gen 4 clubs that are in stock right now. The best performing clubs PXG has ever made. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center. And find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right. The Yankees get it because the Twins are pathetic. The Yankees get it. The Twins are pathetic. My God, a 5 nothing lead. And I heard, I saw the eighth inning strike zone. I get that. I, but the fact we're, we're crippling to, or crutching, I should say, to the umpire strike zone as the reason maybe you lost that game to the Yankees when the Yankees have just continually beating you up for the last 20-plus years. No, the, 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 the Yankees have dominated you for, from start to finish. Of course they walk you off. Of course they overcome a 5 nothing deficit. Now I saw Rocco look like he was pretty fired up for like the first time in his managerial career over that loss, and he said guys were really upset. That's great. If that Twins locker room is actually legitimately pissed off, awesome, because I've yet to really see that in this rivalry. But the Yankees continue to get it, and the Twins do not, and it's just another chapter in this amazing eventual New York Times bestseller. You know... I'm curious here. I might I might send a tweet out here. Just I'm curious to take a poll. I'm going to ask you guys. I think I know the answer for Declan because he just ranted about it. But in general, do you care about the Twins? Not right in now. general, no. No, but if Rocco, I, gets, I but don't if Rocco gets mad, I do because I find it to be intriguing. And I find his timing on this one to be weird. Um, dude, you've lost or been part of part of 18 consecutive playoff defeats. You got swept out by the Astros last year. There have been times when you've been going pretty well and something's gone wrong and you're like, oh, it's been a great season. I'm very happy with it. Um, And this is what pushes you over the brink, an arbitrary Monday makeup game against the Yankees in which you guys, by the way, melted down again. As I got a note from a friend that put it very well. Just because Tyler Duffy got screwed, Colome didn't have to give up a home run, I believe, <laughs> to the first guy he faced. Like, it wasn't a league no, rule. No, it is Jeff, a rule. Against Jeff the Yankees, Nelson, it is a rule. Jeff Sorry. Nelson said, okay, I am not even going to pay attention now until somebody hits a three-run home run. So, like, I don't care about the Twins 2021 for the most part, Phil, but this one confused me. It's like, this is where you're going to get mad. And Royce might be right What what he said. Rocco might be in a bad mood because he doesn't sleep now because he's got a kid. But my God, this is a weird time to pick your, you know, we're all trying and we're all pissed off about this now. Yeah. Now. Um, it is weird. Your unvaxxed so, shortstop screwed your season now. I sent a, I just sent a, a, a Twitter poll out here just out of curiosity. In general, do you care about the Minnesota Twins? No, I'm over the Twins. Yes, I can't quit them. Wake me in 2023, which I feel like is the direction this thing is yeah. headed in. Yeah, I just can't. You know, I was, I was so, and people are a lot of people are going to say, well, it's your own doing. You know, you, you know, Mackie, you've been a Twins homer for all these years. It's like when they got swept by the Astros, and then of course, like back to back years where they can't get by the Yankees. I have such a, I have a more sour taste in my mouth about this Twins team than I've had in probably 10 years like the the 2011 12 twins that was disgusting too because they just moved into a new stadium and they just like everything crumbled but like this was supposed to be a young nucleus you're supposed to also retain your young talent in their prime guys like Barrios and I'm all for the trade I think they I think they did a good job with the trade but ultimately it's like what are you guys doing so you're you're 0 18 in the playoffs since 2004 you can't win a playoff game a game in the playoffs <laughs> For 18 straight tries, which is yep. embarrassing. And there should be somebody, we should create a Twitter account. There should be somebody that literally mentions that once a day to remind people. It's I don't think it's being mentioned enough still. It's like, oh, we just kind of forgot about it because the Twins are bad this year. No, the, the Twins are bad this year. And let's not forget, 
they are 0-18 in playoff games since 2004. And how pathetic that is. This is the most I've been down and just over the twins in a long time. So well, I didn't watch. <laughs> for the most part, for the most part, now I don't care. Uh, but when you've been this bad and this disappointing, and your and your first time that you're going to jump off the cliff and get pissed off is about an umpire's call when you right. blew the bleeping lead, yeah. that ticks me off. All I'm, I mean that I look at that and I said, "What are you like? What are you talking about?" Like, get mad about your team. Get mad. Like, if it's fine to show fire and passion, but do it about the right things. This is what you're mad about? I'm not a big you know? proponent in, in breaks and romantic relationships. I need a break from the Minnesota Twins. Like, I, I, I don't like pausing and well, starting you, something. You just called them here on the show. I mean, you just, like, you sent a I, little text message I, here on the show And, and look, them. there can be summer flings, i.e. Joe Ryan. That's fine. You know, I can have a little fling to tie oh. me over. But in general... I'm not committing to this ball club see, for a little while, okay? See, you're young. That's fine. I'm sports dad. So so the twins are like my kid. I can't just, like, cut off ties, but I'm disgusted. And, like, they're flunking out of school and doing drugs now, and I'm so not I'm happy kidding. about that. <laughs> doing drugs. They're doing drugs. They're <laughs> drinking. I find them on the street corner. They're smoking. I found cigarettes. If your life's together, por- you can found, you can drink and do I drugs. I don't care. Pornographic material this team's below their together. bed. I'm very Porn- upset with Sports Dad found pornographic material below That's twins' what dad bed. Used to find dad, parents used to find <laughs> porno mags below their kids' bed. Oh my god. Um who gets it, who doesn't? Who doesn't get it? I know it's only been one game, but Clint Kubiak. Uh oh. For this reason, this is also a preview of a Purple Daily segment we're going to do <laughs> later today, too. So the Vikings threw the ball 49 times in that game, and that's not why they don't get it. I actually, I'm, okay, I'm actually okay with throwing the ball, but you have to throw the ball in a certain way. Play action is what Kirk Cousins is amazing at. It's the one thing this offense does really, really well without really any exceptions. Play action. Running the ball, you're, you're dependent on your offensive line. Uh, I think throwing the ball when defenders know you're going to throw the ball can be a problem, but when you have a little bit of deception and you can you can fake that handoff to Dalvin Cook and drop back, Kirk Cousins right. is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL the last three years. The Vikings ran eight play-action passes out of 49 in that game on Sunday. Yep. And I get, well, but yeah, but they were in third and 20 every time or second and long. Well, a couple things. They were in those. They were definitely in those long downs a lot, but they weren't in those long downs the whole game. Okay, like it wasn't like well, they ran eight play actions and the other forty-one pass plays. It was third and eighteen every time. That's an over exaggeration. And number two, um, our guy Tyler Fornis from Climbing the Pocket. I was on his podcast last night uh, with Deshaun Vaughn. Fun Vikings discussion. A lot of therapy. And I brought this up. I said, I, you know, eight play actions, probably not enough, but weren't they in like second and third and long a lot? And Tyler said they were, but there's a lot of studies that show even if you're in those long, like unlikely to run downs, you can still fake a handoff and suck defenders in. Like that's, that's still a thing that defenders don't just not bite on play action because it's second and 12 or third and 12, right? Like you can, it's still effective according to a lot of analytical studies. So Clint Kubiak, Got to do better than eight play action passes, which the Vikings only had 42 yards on, checkdowns on all of them. And here's the problem with that. And this gets back to to uh, Filippo and how you run an offense. Kirk Cousins' skill set doesn't necessarily dovetail into the modern game of play calling. Like, So Clint Kubiak actually probably backed away from what his dad did because his dad coddled Kirk because Mike said just coddle Kirk. So if Clint was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna update things a bit. I'm not going to have as much play action. And Kirk's a highly paid professional quarterback. He'll be fine. The problem is he's not fine. So, like, this is the conundrum here. Yeah. Because you, if you go back to what Kirk d- does well, you're actually doing things that are fine, but you're doing them too much, and they aren't necessarily overall the modern game. Like, this is the problem. This is – John Filippo was not a moron. John Filippo was trying to run an offense that he saw fit to be run back in, was it 2018? And the reality was, Kirk was like, you can't really run this offense. A lot of shotgun. A lot of, so, Which so is big, also like, you know, be a less rigid coach. If your quarterback can't run certain things, then right, don't make right, it run but what I'm saying things. is, But what I'm saying is, what's the, what's the blame point or what's the meeting point between 
you have to be more flexible to do what your quarterback does well. But if your quarterback can't do things well that he should do well, like that's where it's a problem. Also, according to Sharp, Sharp Football, last season the Vikings only ran 10 total plays. 10 total plays in all of last season with four wide receivers on the field. Yesterday, or on week one and Sunday, nine plays with four wide receivers on the field. Interesting. That's very interesting. So a lot, a lot of differences in week one then mm-hmm. from Gary Kubiak. Uh, one more. Back to Judd. Yes, uh, I'm going to stay on the Vikings theme, and I'm going to give you the 10,000-foot view of who doesn't get it. I'm going to give you one example, and it's a while ago, but it is the overall disconnect of two men that don't get it because they don't get each other. Rick Spielman, meet Mike Zimmer, and here's why. Did you guys happen to see the uh, Las Vegas Raiders' very successful kicker last night? He looked familiar to me. Um, (laughs) Still a pretty young guy. I forget his name. Uh, Hold on a sec. Oh, I've got it written down right here. It's Daniel Carlson. Yeah. Okay, here's how they don't get it. Rick Spielman made a draft pick that should have worked out really well, but he drafted him for a coach who has no tolerance for young kickers who, by the way, might get uptight because said coach makes them uptight. Um, It's two men who very much have what I would call parallel existences in trying to, to run a team where they should cross at some point, but they never do. And Daniel Carlson is exhibit A. Think about this, okay? So what Spielman did wasn't wrong. He found an SEC kid with a huge leg, and he drafted him. And it looks like a great pick now. But he drafted him for a coach who's got no tolerance. And this is always why I get very skittish when when fans say, you know, Vikings should bring in this guy. You know, Jameis Winston would be great. Uh, he looks great for the Saints. So, no, he wouldn't necessarily be great here. Uh, Zimmer's impatience at certain positions I think short circuits opportunity. And in Daniel Carlson's case, we now have significant evidence that Daniel Carlson, you guys went and kicked for John Gruden. Last time I checked, Gruden's wired himself, but he had the patience. So these are two men that don't get each other. And I don't know that the drafting process necessarily works because the GM might be drafting decent players, but the coach sours on them. And I'll give you exhibit B right now. You guys, Cam Dantzler. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit here and say this is all Cam's fault. He's a young kid who got a lot of experience and got thrown into a very difficult fire, and now you're disappointed and you're like, you are scratched on game day. I'm not going to put that all on the player. That is partially on coaching and tolerance and, and cultivating young men into becoming good football players as, as adults. Yep, and there's going to be guys might take a step back. You immediately, you're just going to cut bait. You're just done. Guy takes a step back. Oh, sorry. Gone. Mackenzie Alexander was kind of that way. Ah, he took a step back. We don't need to give him a contract. Then a year later, it's like you're begging him to come back. Yeah, but I mean, Cam Dancer's a third-round pick, and you are already just like, oh, we might be done here. What are you talking about? The Niners reportedly inquired about Cam Dantzler's availability. So some teams looking to, uh, to buy low there. So that's who gets it, who doesn't here. On Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Uh, I would venture to say that uh, obviously the Vikings winning is the thing that gets people the most excited. Mm -hmm. But in the absence of a Vikings win, a Packers loss and a devastating one is pretty hilarious and somewhat comforting to fans. And whenever the Packers lose, we like to laugh at them and their fans. It's a segment we call Packer Vent Line here. Powered by our friends, unknowingly to them, on the fan <laughs> in Milwaukee. And they lost! <laughs> go, Pat, go! That was the most pathetic f- football game I've ever listened to. And I was going to throw my radio outside the garage because I've done it twice already. And they weren't no cheap radios either. They were stereos. I've thrown them out of the garage when I get irritated enough, and I was about about two inches away from throwing it out the the garage door. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) That is so good. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Go, Pat, go!
That was Tim and Racine. Uh, let's see what uh, Tony, Packer fan Tony, had to say about that embarrassment. <laughs> and they lost. <laughs> go, Pack, go! You know, two interceptions, really? What's he going to say now, okay? And I was one of these people that kind of, you know, was kind of not really backing him or backing Manson. I could see both sides of the equation, you know, and I was happy he was back. You know, but at the same time, I think mentally he's checked out. Go, Pat, go! Rodgers' potential struggles would be so fun because you know they'll be calling for Jordan Love. Oh, funny you brought that up, Judd Zolgad. That is funny. James and Waukesha has takes. <laughs> Midway through the third quarter, All right, let's put let's put the kid in, right. Jordan Love. Okay. All right, give him some time. All right, the game's over. Go, Pat, go! <sighs> How does this thing end for the Packers? I don't know. It's one game, and so I have no clue, but it would be fun if it spiraled. Like, just to watch them. Because they'll be so drunk and so mad. <laughs> well, they do have a home game, I think, against Detroit. the Lions this weekend. Monday night, it's a Monday night game. Okay, yeah, that's right. Detroit. So we're gonna get the. That's right. We're gonna get Man, the Peyton Eli thing. Yes. Okay. Or yeah, maybe. Oh, and, yeah. Exactly. Man Campbell, and and Rogers and Peyton Eli in the or in in their studio. It's gonna be great. Uh, how do you feel at this point about? I mean, does it? I hate to tell fans how to how to think and feel, but I guess that's what I do every day here on the show. So, you know, what's what difference does it make? Like, should it make you feel better that oh, the Vikings look terrible and disorganized in Week One, but look how bad the Packers lost? Like, I don't. To me, that doesn't. No, it doesn't matter if like if the Vikings aren't winning a bunch of games and doing what they do. It doesn't like make me feel better if the Packers also get smoked. It's hilarious, <laughs> and I will I will laugh at it, but I, it doesn't like. Take away from my anger and disappointment at the Vikings losing to the Bengals. Right, because you know? your expectation, I'm sorry, should be when the Vikings go to play the Bengals, I don't care where they play, that they're going to win right now. Like, they should win. So, yeah, it, it doesn't So it doesn't soothe the loss to me, but the Packers spiraling as an independent story would be so intriguing. And, and if Rogers really doesn't care, I don't think that's the case, but that would also be great fun. It, yeah, if it just became apparent that he's got the long hair, the ponytail, and he's completely checked out, he's going surfboarding, uh, you know, come February in, in Maui or whatever he does now in Lake Michigan. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what percentage chance is there that this is all an Aaron Rodgers masterminded scheme that he, the whole time he, he, Demanded to be traded, the Packers wouldn't budge, and then he said, "All right, I'll come. All right, let's just fine. We'll tweak a couple things here because he really like they didn't really change anything other than like they made it a little easier for him to just be done after this season from a cap standpoint." Yep. What are the chances that Aaron yep. Rodgers has come in and said, "All right, I'll play nice during training camp, but if uh, a ball happens to slip out of my hand a couple times and uh, you know throw a couple interceptions here and there." You know, maybe didn't see that receiver streaking open across the middle. Is he sabotaging the Packers? I would say what you just said is one of the silliest, craziest things. But this man has basically <laughs> Dude, he's ignored a psycho. His he's a sociopath. He's, he's ignored his family. And I'm sorry, but if you guys saw the press conference uh, post game Sunday, did you see the look? Like he looks like he's been on a bender for two weeks. Yeah, uh, he looks absolutely awful. So, so on the surface, Phil, what you said is incredibly stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. He's nuts. He cut his family out, dude. He is like he, so. He legitimately he will cut people off at the knees if your family, if your friends, like be genius. But wouldn't it be just completely genius? Shipwreck, hey, sorry, shipwreck. I'm the sorry, team. I'm washed up shipwreck his value to the point where, you know, they can't really get anything for him in a trade, and then all of a sudden he unleashes three more years in his 40s of being an MVP with Tommy just the goes Vikings. Back to or Tommy. Tommy. Mm, Lamont and Milwaukee has takes as well. And they lost. Go, Pat, 
have to stop with this notion that Aaron Rodgers can save them every freaking year because he can't. And he's getting tired of doing it and taking them this far where they lose in the NFC Championship game or the NFC Divisional game. They have to be impact players. I don't know what he tried to say at the end there. Yeah, I don't even know. So mad. That actually made the the most sense of of all three so far. (laughs) The first two guys were so drunk. Yeah. They just lost track of what they were saying. My my conspiracy theory is, and other people have this too, I'm not trademarking this, but uh, well, so Olivia Munn is expecting a child with John Mulaney. I don't know if you guys saw this. She, she, uh, John Mulaney went on yeah. Seth Meyers or, or I forget, well, a late night show last week and said it, me, him, and Olivia Munn are expecting a baby. John Mulaney is a diehard Bears fan. So did Olivia Munn get with John Mulaney to have a oh, child to spite Aaron Rodgers as a diehard <laughs> Bears fan? I'm here for this theory. I'm here for this theory. 100% I am. Is his girlfriend pregnant too now? I don't think so. Rogers, Shalane Woodley. Yeah, I I don't, I don't believe so. so. No, I think okay, we would have heard. I don't, heard heard she might be so. I don't think that's too. in the plans. No, no, I don't no, think sometimes so. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes Man, it's not sometimes in the sometimes plans. It just, just happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know. I feel like Aaron Rodgers' relationships are very choreographed. That's all. That's they, all yeah, and I'm still, you know, I mean, who knows? But I like, anyway, I like Declan's revenge. Olivia Munn revenge. She would do that too. She is. the Bears fans? Who are the single Bears fan celebrities? What relationship? What would between those two psychos have been? Rogers Olivia Munn and Aaron Rodgers? Oh, she's nuts, too. They're both well, She's calculated. It, yeah, which makes her nuts. I feel like she was... She's I feel like too. Aaron... I think what happened was, if I uh, read my celebrity magazines uh, accurately... Love them. ...is that Olivia and Aaron were together when Aaron essentially disowned his family. That there's some sort... That yeah. the rift happened not because of Olivia necessarily, but like she was a cog in the... Yes. In the breaking up. I've read she yeah. didn't get along with the family, and that hurt the relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lost. Go, Pat, go! One of the big things in part of his drama scenario was bringing back Randall Cobb. I was expecting to see Randall Cobb more in that game as part of Aaron Rodgers' master plan of his genius right yep. why was Randall Cobb not in that game until Jordan Love was in the game <laughs> Randall Dude, that's it right. Randall. More, more a little Randall more Cobb. Randall Cobb and it wouldn't have been 38 to 3 Randall Cobb <laughs> is approximately my age and, and his face is approximately as fat as mine now that's why you didn't see more Randall was like, Cobb was that a picture for the YouTube audience was that a picture of Cobb or a left tackle wearing Cobb's jersey yeah. what happened there? He's old. He's getting fat. Good it's like for him. Fifty years old now. I mean, all Aaron wanted to do was bring his friends back. They they tried to bring. Uh, I think I think it was Aaron and somebody else suggested or talked about the fact that they should bring Clay Matthews back as well during what? training camp. Oh my I'm God, not kidding dude. you. The story when, was out there. Was, did Matthews. he play last year? I don't think he did. No, but I mean, the story was out there that they were actually like like on Instagram or Twitter, or both, suggesting that the Packers bring their buddy, the Claymaker, back. Clay, Clay Matthews. Cool, dude, he, Clay, he's 35 years I old. I know he is, dude. Clay this makes Matthews. No, this makes no sense. Did, did bringing <laughs> Randall Cobb back make sense? Like, no, I no. need great receivers. Okay, we'll get you Randall Cobb. Who's next? Get me Harold Carmichael. He's only 72. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, by the way, so you mentioned John Mulaney. I had a really weird experience a couple nights ago. I went to a local establishment down the street, like a nice little kind of like Astor Cafe vibe type place oh, nice, out yeah. here in Absolutely. Seattle, uh, the one down on Main Street in Minneapolis. Just so it's a you know, nice like old school kind of thing. The bartender sounded, not looked, sounded exactly like John Mulaney. Hey, His cadence, everybody. everything. Hey, Hi, can I so. get you a drink? Why would you like to drink? <laughs> Did you start telling jokes? How about a whiskey uh, on the rocks? <laughs> Hey, John Mulaney here, everybody. Uh, Happy cash or credit. (laughs) 
Every Tuesday here on Maggie right. and Judd, our executive producer, Declan, goes back in the archives and finds old Minnesota sports seasons and quizzes us on them. Yes, sir. It's called Random Season Recall, and it's presented by Federated. If you need protection, I'm not talking about a quarterback needing protection because I don't think Federated can help there. But if you're a business and you're looking for risk management tools and resources, protect your bottom line, your employees. Federated Insurance is here for you for over 100 years, based in Owatonna. They're one of us. You can find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. Phil Mackey, I want want you to show show me how much you know here. The 2005-2006 Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going with random season recall. All right, this is this is the first year I interned as a as an official media member in the Twin Cities market. So I was intern Phil Mackey with recording devices in the Wolves locker room All in 2005-2006. Right. Uh, I how don't remember many, anything about it? Well, good. That that's a great great segue. <laughs> Kevin many, Garnett was there. He was but, there. How many wins for this 05-06 Timberwolves team? I'll give you a okay, three on so, side. Okay. So, so Judd, they went to the playoffs in 03-04. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were coming in 04-05, but came up just short. They finished like slightly above 500. And that's when Flip got fired in that year, right? And replaced yeah. by McHale and then Dwayne Casey. So is this Dwayne Casey? Was Dwayne Casey there for two years? This might have been 0506, 06, 07. 0506. Actually, he was there for like a year and a half. This this is probably Dwayne Casey. Okay. But 0506 was the first of two sub 500 years at the end of the Kevin Garnett run. But it, they weren't train wrecky, but they were like like low 30s in wins. Like they weren't really close to the playoffs. It was they were like 32 and 50 or like 33 and 49 kind of seasons. Okay. Or like 34 and 48. So we we've got three on either side, Declan, is that yes, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Let's go 33 and 49. Okay. Okay. Final S. All right. Mm-hmm. On the nose, thirty-three Whoa. and forty-nine. Oh, and you said you <laughs> on the nose, that. on the nose. And you said dude, you didn't that remember. That is it. nuts, dude. That is ridiculous. You wow. said you didn't remember. We it. need to be okay. Everything. We need to be clipping these and sharing them fifty times a day on my social media, okay. so I can just pat myself right. on the back. We have some new help here behind the scenes at Score North. We'll make sure that's a that's a new okay. daily task just for Phil Mackey's uh, Twitter, just for Twitter my ego. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who was the head coach of those Minnesota Timberwolves? You, you, you briefly touched on it, but give me an official guess. Who was the head coach of those Timberwolves? I mean, well, so so Flip got fired like halfway through the season after they went to the playoffs. So that's 4 5 right? And McHale took over and down McHale the stretch. Over. So it's but McHale Casey, went right? back to the bench, right? When right. did when? Just real quick, I think it's Dwayne Casey. But when Dwayne Casey got fired, the sec like did McHale go back again? I feel like McHale was coach a couple times. Yeah, I think I'm you're trying right. to figure yes. out. Yes, I think you're right. But yeah, because McHale definitely went to the bench after he fired Flip. And then I think they conducted the search and came up with Dwayne Casey. Now, Dwayne Casey didn't last long, but I want to say he lasted a full season, right? Yeah, well, and then he got fired. He was 20 and 20 the second year, and they yep. fired him. And then yep. didn't McHale, then McHale like, went back to coach. I can't so remember. So that's the probably order. right. That's but then Whitman right. coached at one point. Let's go Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey. final guess. Yeah. Dwayne Casey, your head coach. Yeah, okay. 33 and 49 that first year, yeah. And then 20 and 20 fired after 40 games in 06, 07. And then had a pretty nice career with the Raptors. Yeah, no, he's a good coach. And he's still, like, well, he was coaching the Pistons last season. I don't know if he's still coaching the Pistons, but we'll see there. Uh, four players not named Kevin Garnett averaged double digit figures that season. Who were they? Wow. Yeah, it was actually. Okay, so. Judd, this is just a conversation between friends. I'm going to throw you some names. Two guys. Just talking. Yep. I'm going to give you a a few names here of of guys that were on. Because they hit the reset button. This is after Cassell and Sprewell. And then they they tried to find sort of a second guy to go with. KG, mm-hmm. um, Wally might have still been on this team for mm-hmm. a minute. I was thinking Rick, Wally. Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis was in the mix. <laughs> I love Ricky Davis. I always remember that story where he went on KFan and said he had been to a Mexican restaurant and got food poisoning and then named it 
It was like Chevy's. What? Oh, you don't remember that? No. <laughs> they were talking to him. He's like, yeah, I was sick. I got food poisoning. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I went to Chevy's. <laughs> He's like, oh, named, okay. So he named the, he named the place. Chevy's yes. Fresh Mex. This yes. is good. So Zerbiak, I agree with. I think you were right on that one. I think he was still We there. get three wrong guesses. So, so we need, we're looking for four guys, double yep. digits. Four guys. All right, let's go Wally. Wally Zerbiak. That is one. Let's throw Ricky. I think this is the year of Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis. That is two. Yep. Okay, so Mike James at That's one I was, point. I can't remember was, if it was this year or the year after. Mike. So Mike James was brought in as their, at some point in time, a fairly significant move signing. And he came in for, was that after Cassell had left? Yeah. He, like, replaced when did, did, this. He was like Cassell replaced, still kind of around at this point? Let's go Mike James. Mike James. Mike James. Hey. Negative, negative. He went on. Uh, he, it's funny. I think I was interning in part in the afternoons, and, and Chad Hartman was still doing a show on KFXN. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the production studio when Mike James was doing his first interview after being traded to the Wolves or whatever it was. And Chad was kind of pushing him on, like, you know, Wally, you know, you, you know, what do you bring to the table? And tell me what I do bad. What do I do bad? Tell me what I do bad. It's like, uh, well. I mean, I really haven't watched a lot of games. Sorry, yeah. dude. Um, all right, so we've got Zerbiak, we got Ricky Davis. Um, so other young players that would have been, they would have drafted Rashad McCants in here somewhere. I don't remember if he scored ten a game. Could have. Mm-hmm. Rashad McCants. Oh, when was um? Th- and this might be this might be premature. When was Corey Brewer there at first? He was drafted in like oh seven. Randy Foy was drafted. Okay, because I'm around trying to here. Yeah. So this would have been the this would have been 0506. So the 05 draft, I'm pretty sure they drafted Rashad McCants. Okay. I just don't remember if he scored ten points a game or not. Well, Worth a two, guess? Yeah, yeah, we got two more wrong guesses, so. Okay, yep, Rashad McCants. Seven point nine points for Rashad McCants that season. Not ten though. Uh, so close. You will so have to close. dig deep, I I really think, for these two names. You haven't oh, mentioned wow. them. I, I I I remember one of these names. I don't remember the other guy. Okay, was there a cent- was there a center on this team that would have oh scored God. significant <clears throat> points? Mark Blount. Mark Blount. There you go. That's one. One more to go. See, I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you to, to excellence there, Phil. Was that the one that you heard of or no? Uh, yes, that is the one I heard of. This other guy I did not. This one year that has not been named yet. I I don't know. He was 24 years old. Uh, he scored 12 points clue. per game. He hit 36% of his threes, uh, four assists. Must have been a, a, a backup point card, maybe. Let me see what he is. Yeah, he was a point card. And he bounced around. He was with Boston, then Minnesota, then Phoenix, then Miami, then Toronto. A uh, little 12-year career as a backup point guard. A former first-round pick. Sebastian Telfair would have, Sebastian Telfair would have been... They definitely had Sebastian Telfair. I can't yes. remember. What well, they made. And, oh, oh, you know who else they had? Marcus Banks. Remember Marcus that, Banks? Yeah, but that's a that is a Declan would Declan would have heard of Sebastian Telfair. Yeah, he Marcus, would not have heard of Marcus Banks. Marcus Banks. Okay. Marcus oh, Banks. Oh, dang. wow. Dang. Never oh, what a Marcus pull. Banks. What a pull. That's a pull, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's a pull. That's a pull, baby. I want to tell you, when, when we talk about my Wolves fandom and Kool-Aid yeah. drinking running deep, this was a guy right here who was at Target Center a lot between yeah. 05 and, like, 2012, okay? <laughs> this was young, single, Knows adult no film, young adult Phil Mackey <laughs> with nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely no. Marcus no. Banks. Oh, my God. Um, who did the Wolves draft 15th overall in the 2005 NBA draft that year? Well, I had originally said McCants. McCants. I'm just trying to think of. I think it went McCants 05, Foy 06, Brewer 07. God, look at you. And then Love was 08 because the Rubio draft was 09. So Rashad McCants, final answer. Rashad McCants, yes, 15th. Rashad McCants, who once explained. So, um, I used to produce the Sledge and Lake show Mm -hmm. for a couple years, and Rashad McCants was a weekly guest on Fridays or something. He would come in studio during the offseason stuff. 
And he came in one time and off the air explained the NBA's, I can't use the word, but let's just say the NBA's dating ladder. Oh, God. Where a lot, and it's very much like in the open that a lot of players have a ladder of relationships. They've got the wife at the top, and then they've got some other, like, girlfriend. And then there's, like, women in each cities that you have yeah. connections there were, with. There were some great Rashad McCant stories about yeah. his off-the-court life. Yeah, explained all those things. So, wow, look at us right now. Look at you. Yeah, look at you. This is a great, this is a great run, fantastic run. couple more here. Uh, I pushed you on Mark Blount, but that's it. <laughs> Who did the Wolves receive for Sam Cassell with the Clippers? Marco Yarich. Marco Yarich. Final answer. Yes. And his girlfriend. Yeah, he was dating some model. Some model. model. My yeah. brother-in-law had season tickets, and he used to walk in to, what was that, like, club in Target Center that used to be, like, NBA City or NBA, I forget yeah. what it was yeah, called. NBA that City. Was NBA oh, City. And he would, like, yeah. apparently walk in there, like, full suit on, like it was, like, a legitimate L.A. New York nightclub. It's like, bro, you are in the NBA City Target Center club. You are, gotta, Dude, you gotta, you gotta check go yourself across a little bit here. Bellinote was there. Bellinote, yeah. 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 Oldua Candy was over there when the buzzer sounded in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Already showered off. Also, he got ta- tased in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he was, wow. out, of, he was, he was out a little too late. Fun yeah. fact too about that trade: uh, the Wolves also sent a 2012 NBA draft pick, which turned into Austin Rivers for the Clippers. In that, that. so it was like a protected first round yeah. pick. Seven years and later, yeah, comes back. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, they gave up. A, they give up a first round pick and Cassell to get Marco Yarich. Nice dude. job. Great trade. Last trade here. Who led the team in blocks per game? Well, Blunt wasn't the most. I mean, probably KG. KG would have been one of the, still one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So I'm trying to think of who else would have been blocking shots on that team. Although Candy. Although Candy might have still been on that team in 05, yeah, 06. Candyman can block some shots. I'm going to go Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett? Mm. Negative. So, hmm. the Candyman. This guy Malone. played in. This. Oh, 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 yep. oh. Yep. Go oh, on. go ahead. Okay, because uh, so we've already so Marcus Banks. They had they had made a trade with the Celtics. They made two trades with the Celtics. This one, and then the one that the Kevin Garnett one. And in one of those trades, they got Theo Ratliff back, and he was one of the great shot blockers of like. That ten year stretch, but I can't remember if they bought him out or if they put him on the court. If they put him on the if they put him on the court, he would have he would have blocked two or three shots a game. Oh yeah, I love it. So I'm gonna go Theo Ratliff. Damn it. Okay. This guy was twenty three years old. He played in seventy games, twenty seven starts. Also, this name is foggy to me. I, I it's foggy. Wow. I think young intern Phil Mackey should get this. If he's as a diehard Wolves fan as he claims he is. Wow, you're pushing him. You're pushing him big. After he already crushed it. 2.1 blocks per game, by the way. Final clue. It's not Blount. It's not KG. It's not Theo Ratliff. It's not Michael Olawakandy because he's older than that. Who else did they have? Who were the other big men that they had? They had so many randos. This is is post- Irvin Johnson was older. So this is... Mm. All right, give me another clue. Uh, Seventh overall pick by the Nets in 2001. He spent two seasons with the Rockets before playing in three seasons with the Wolves from 2004 to 2007. Seventh overall pick by the Nets? He played in 153 games for the Wolves. Career games. Seventh. And he was 23 at the time? He was 23 at the time, yeah. He was an eight, he was a rare high school kid that went from the draft. Oh, no, he played one year at Seton Hall. One year at Seton Hall. Seton Hall? I know. What? It was all-rookie team in 0102 for the for the Rockets. So did he ever this play for the Nets, or was he shipped to the Rockets immediately? Maybe final. Oh. Eddie Griffin. <laughs> Eddie Griffin. Dude. There he is. Wow, I... Uh, another Clean clue up. that would have really given it away is Driving. Griffin once crashed his SUV into Santana's a light pole or Santana's. Oh, yeah, right. he was watching Santana's. adult videos. On he is his deceased LED now, right? Did, didn't yeah, he get he, hit by a? Did his car get hit by a train? Oh, he or did something? die. He died in yeah. 2007. 
Yeah, I think he got. I think his car got hit by a train. Yeah, he he was watching uh, pornos in his car though, and sort oh, of didn't yeah, pay attention god. to the road. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it's tragic. Sad. And then he had, and then he awkwardly went in and explained what happened to like the guy at Santana's when he called the cops. Great yeah. euros at Santana's. Great drunk euros. Right. I've had 100%. many drunk euros at Santana's. Great spot. Totally Great spot. Yeah, just yeah. keep your eyes on the but road. But I okay. and, and and I don't. Yeah. Eyes on the road. Keep your eyes on the road. Hands and at your home. Hands on hands the at home, wheel. as my father used to say. Hands on the hands road. at home. Keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the ten, wheel. Ten and two, not uh, ten and two, not, not twelve and six. Not. All right. <laughs> Or or ten and six, it really doesn't matter. The one hand's on the wheel. That's an, uh, I'm sorry. Not seven and five. Uh, nine and right. nine and yeah. six. Yeah, okay. not, not, I apologize. All right, we got, we got, that's, uh, that's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. We'll uh, see you guys for write that down predictions tomorrow. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.